And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and on the phone line with us today is our friend, Pastor Al Baker. And Pastor Al, thank you so much for joining us today. Dan, it's always good to be with you. I'm very thankful for your ministry and for the friendship we've had for a long, long time now. (laughs) Um, Al, a little while ago, in fact, earlier this month, uh, you gave um, three talks at the Reformation Gospel Ministries Fourth Annual Reformation Conference, and your subject is of particular interest. Um, it's dealing with the LGBTQ community um, biblically, theologically, and practically. And I listened completely to the first lecture. Uh, where you explain it biblically and the biblical mandate to reach out to these people um, lovingly. And so to get us started, can you tell us, um, when we talk about this, what is the attitude of heart that we come to the subject with? Well, I think we have to be uh, gracious. Uh, You know, in John chapter 1, um, it says there that uh, the law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we must always speak the truth, but we must speak the truth in love, which means that we must always be gracious and respectful when we speak on, on any issue in the Scriptures and, and dealing with any, any um, issue that people might have. So I think that's where you start. And with that, I think it's also important to realize that... Um, um, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. All have turned aside. There's none. There's none righteous, not even one. And so we all we all have our own sins that we have to deal with. So I think it's always important, especially for believers, to realize that you know we once were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were living according to the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air. We were ourselves indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were like everybody else, children of wrath. So yeah. but God had mercy, you know, so I think we have to start there. Yeah, amen to that. Um, this area is important in many regards. Uh, it seems to be growing in terms of America, and um, we're seeing more and more um, displays publicly mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. behavior that we would not have seen even 30 years ago. Certainly mm-hmm. when I was a boy, you wouldn't have seen it. You may have heard about things, but right. it's it's not so blatant in your face. And um, um, get us started. Let's, st- let you know, from God's perspective, Pastor Al, how does he view this subject? Yes, I think that we have to always begin with the Scripture, and certainly the Christians should. And, and I, I believe that we should use the Scripture with the unbelievers. Well, now, of course, they don't believe it. But, you know, in Psalm 19, it says, uh, the word of the Lord is perfect, restoring or converting the soul. So the word of God has power and authority. And if the Holy Spirit's working in and through the word, then people will listen and give attention and God will draw them to himself, just as he did you and me and so many of your listeners. Uh, So we have to start with the word of God. And there's four passages that immediately come to mind dealing with the issue of, of homosexuality. And the first one's in Leviticus 18, and in the context of speaking about a a number of different sexual sins, 
um, God says through Moses that uh, for a man to lie with a man like he would lie with a woman is an abomination. Now, I know that's a hard word to hear, but when we speak about abomination, what do we mean? Well, it, it's something utterly reprehensible. Um, you know, a good example would be what we've heard recently that's gone on in uh, Israel, uh, in Gaza, mm-hmm. where uh, the Hamas came in and they they literally uh, uh, rip, ripped open pregnant women, took the baby out of them, and cut the baby's head off. Now, yes. every, every, wh- wh- however we might fall on that issue of Israel and Palestine, I think every reasonable person would understand that's reprehensible. That's, that's, an, abom- that's an abomination. So, so God calls homosexuality an abomination, um, and so you know we have to we have to look at the scripture. That's what it says. And then the second passage that I think is important is in Romans chapter one, where Paul says uh, God gave them over in the lust of their hearts and purity that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped the creature rather than the Creator, who's blessed forever and ever. Amen. Then he goes on to say. In the same way, God gave them over to degrading passions. The women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way, the men exchanged the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire for one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving of their own persons the due penalty of their error. So what God is saying there is um, um, not only is um, it a, in an abomination, but it's a perversion. Yes. The, the, nat- the natural order that God has established from creation is one man, one woman, and uh, even when it speaks about uh, the two becoming one flesh, what's really behind that statement is is man and woman entering into intercourse and marriage. True. And it's a very natural and it's a beautiful thing, but to do it any other way with a man with a man or a woman with a woman, what Paul was saying there is it's a perversion. Yeah, and so you know we just have to you know we got to go to scripture. That's what it says. And then, and then thirdly, in First uh, Corinthians six, Paul's talking to people who have come out of all all manner of wickedness and perversion, even abomination. And he says, uh, "Do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. For neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor effeminate." nor drunkards, nor thieves, nor covetous will enter the kingdom of God. But then he says, and such were some of you. Yes. But you were washed, you were justified, you were sanctified in the Spirit of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul is saying there uh, is that uh, these sins, and by the way, he's not just talking about homosexuality. He speaks about effeminacy. What he's talking about there is this, the Greek word is sort of, it's like the the one receiving the, I don't want to get too specific here, but it's the one receiving the, the action of the homosexual. That's mm-hmm. really what he's talking about. But but it's clear that he's not just he's not just pointing that out. He says, listen, adultery, fornication, covetousness, lying, stealing, drunkenness, that'll send you to hell too. Yes, it will. So yeah, so what he's talking about there is is condemnation. So the first passage is dealing with um, abomination, the second is perversion, the third is condemnation. And then in first Timothy one Paul says, uh, uh, we know the law is good, but if one uses it uh, uh, unlawfully, then it's bad. And then he goes on to say that um, uh, uh, some people, um, uh, he speaks about uh, homosexuality in the same vein as he talks about 
uh, man killing his uh, father and mother, mm-hmm. uh, man stealing, uh, drunkenness, and so forth. So the reason I bring that passage up is it, it kind of brings a, a bit of clarity to the whole situation, that he's, poured, he's putting uh, homosexuality or homosexuals in with kidnappers, uh, man stealers, which of course is you know stealing people in the concept of chattel slavery and so forth. Mm-hmm. He's putting all that together, and so it gives clarification. Oh yeah, you know this this really is sin. It's not just it's not just okay with just because the culture thinks it's okay. No, this is this is a serious matter. So again, I know that people you know if they don't re- really go with the Bible, they're not going to like what we're saying. But again, I always try to come back to the scripture. But again, remember. We're speaking here about speaking the truth in love, grace and truth. That's important that we keep that in mind. Yes. Well, today we're talking with Pastor Al Baker. And Al, you don't speak of this from an isolated study uh, out to the world. Um, you, You put feet to your prayers. You go out and talk with people and preach God's Word. You've done open-air preaching, and um, your gift from God is that of an evangelist, right? I think so, yes. (laughs) Well, you have a heart for seeing people come to Christ, and that's a heart of love. Um, This is a hard subject because people get kind of worked up about it. Um, You know, you you drive around, you'll see some signs— Things that are kind of in your face, you know, and mm-hmm. even yeah. signs like uh, silence is violence. Well, sometimes I am silent, and I I don't mm-hmm. consider that to be violence, by the way. Right. But um, right. now it's so much out in the open. There's displays in public now, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. people post these ugly things on a Facebook page or whatever, and I, I don't think that's even appropriate to bring attention to it like that. Um, mm-hmm. People know it's wrong. They don't need to, to see it. But um, mm-hmm. what about that person today, Pastor Al, who, who knows they're in sin? Let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has been convicting their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another category that is not even awakened yet. They're they're dead in their trespasses, and they they don't even know, and they they have right. no conviction, nothing. Right. The Holy Spirit has right. not opened their eyes. But what about that person where they're starting to wake up and and they realize, oh no, I I am I am caught into a web, a situation here that doesn't glorify God. I can't I can't have um, confidence that I'm even going to have eternal life if I continue this lifestyle. What about that person who's, who's right on the edge to, uh, of, of getting right with God? Yeah, that's, uh, that's very important, and God does work in the hearts of people. And uh, for what I would say to perhaps any of your listeners who might be in that situation or people they know is there's always hope in Jesus. And what has to happen is, and, and this is a miracle of His grace, and He does it every day, is he has to uh, rem- he has to uh, convict the person of their own sin and their utter helplessness, and I think that's important. Nobody can fix this in their own strength mm-hmm. because it's it's slavery to sin. Nor any more than a, a man who's an alcoholic or a wife beater or a liar could change himself mm-hmm. either. God has to do it, and the beautiful thing is is that He does it through regeneration. 
Um, and some of your, probably most of your listeners know the term that, we, that so the scriptures born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, um, unless Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. And he was a religious man. Yeah. And so um, what God has to do, is he has to take out the rebellious heart. And it's a miracle of his grace. And uh, when he does it, he takes out the heart that loves sin and hates God. And in turn, he gives us the heart of Jesus that loves God and hates sin. And it's a miracle of his grace. And how, do, how does one know that that's happening? Well, God begins to draw the person, and they begin to want what God has. Mm-hmm. And they, they can say, God, would you give me a new heart? <laughs> would you take out this rebellious heart? I really want your heart. I want to surrender to you. And I believe that when people are to that place, he will do that for them. And I think that's the great hope. And when that happens, then what he does is he justifies them. He declares them not guilty. Uh, They're acquitted of their crime, so to speak. And not only that, but they're actually given the righteousness of Jesus. It's imputed. It's put into their account. I like to use use the analogy, um, if I'm I'm go to my bank one day and I said, said, and I deposit some money, and and I look at the deposit slip, and all of a sudden it says I got a million dollars in my account. I said, "Whoa, wait a minute! This must be some kind of a mistake." No, sir. Uh, somebody came in the other day and put a million dollars into your account. Well, I, I do a little checking, and I got this lost rich uncle for whatever reason, <laughs> like me, gave me a million dollars. Now I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but it's now my money. And guess what? I am now a wealthy man. I've got a million yes. dollars in my account. Well, in a much, much greater way. God imputes, puts into our account, as it were, the very righteousness of Jesus, and we are, we become more than conquerors through Christ who loves us, and we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And as I often say, we can't make this up. I mean, this is an amazing thing that God does. So God can change anybody, mm. and, he, and He does it with the miracle of regenerating grace, justification, and then when we're justified and regenerated, then we have the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to walk as Christ wants us to walk. We don't do it perfectly, but we make progress in holiness. Yeah, yeah, very well put. Uh, sometimes an analogy is used of, of um, a camel getting his nose under the tent. We've all heard of that analogy, and I, I guess the idea is once the camel gets his nose under the tent, um, it's all over. The whole tent falls. And, and <laughs> right, what a mess right. we have on our hands. But yeah, um, right. this has kind of started to happen. Uh, maybe it's kind of stopped now, but I'm not sure it's over with in one of the denominations. I won't name it. Um, where um, one of the pastors was uh, saying, well, I'm I'm inclined towards homosexuality. I'm I, I, I'm not practicing it, but I kind of like it. Uh, can you talk to that for just a moment? Is that appropriate to have in a denomination? Well, that's yeah, that's very controversial, and people refer to that as uh, same-sex attraction, or some call it side B homosexuality, which means they 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 would claim to be a homosexual, uh, but they don't act upon it. Yes, um, and so um, I'm always quick to say this. I think I think it's certainly possible for people to have a same-sex attraction. It's per, it, again, it's an abomination. It's a perversion. Mm-hmm. It needs to be dealt with. 
But I've known people who've been converted out of um, homosexuality, and they still battle that from time to time. Right. It, it, the analogy I would use is uh, the, the, the natural man, every man I know, uh, tends to lust after women. Now, lust is sinful. And Jesus said if a man lusts after a woman, he's committed adultery with her already in his heart. So in other words, not just the action itself, but the desire to do something that's unbiblical or ungodly is also sin. So when a man says, uh, I'm same-sex attracted, then he needs to deal with it. He needs to mortify that that, uh, deed of the flesh, just like I would have to mortify the deed of the flesh of lusting after a woman. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, talking about side B homosexuality, uh, if somebody says, well, I'm a homosexual, but I don't act upon it, then that's not a biblical construct. Because um, uh, when you become a Christian, you're, you're not a... Um, you can't say, well, I'm an angry Christian, or I'm a <laughs> lustful Christian, yeah. or I am uh, a gambling, uh, lying Christian. No, 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 no. You're a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So you can't say I'm a gay Christian. It's not, it's not a biblical construct. So when somebody's born again, then they leave the past behind, and they move on. They press on toward the goal for the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And now, again, they might have to battle their sin, just like I have to battle my sins of the past. You do, too. We all do. Yeah. But to say, but to say, well, I'm a gay Christian or I'm a side-B homosexual Christian, no, 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 no. That's not a biblical construct at all. No, no. Um, some of us are not that good at talking, or maybe we're a little bit shy. I tell people I'm a recluse, actually. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Sometimes we got to break out of our our comfort zone, I guess, and talk mm-hmm. to people. Um, you're, yeah. God has gifted you in talking with people, doing evangelism. What if you're afraid to talk to people about the Lord? Any any hope for a person like that? Oh, there certainly is, and I think the I think the the most important thing is stay close to God, spend time with Him every day. Not just reading the scriptures and uh, checking it off your list, but really asking the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart mm-hmm. and uh, and ask and ask for the filling and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we can do another uh, talk sometime on that one because it's a lot, it's more detail than I could get yeah. into right now. But but uh, the 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 fullness of the Spirit, and when we have that, that that we will have boldness because, like in Acts four, it says. Uh, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, <laughs> and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the Word of God with what? With boldness. Mm. Now, boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is not running roughshod over people. Boldness is simply speaking gently and humbly the truth of the Scripture. And what I'd say to try to say to people is uh, uh, see if you can get them into a conversation where you might tell them your story about how you came to know the Lord. So do you have a story like that? Yeah, and uh, and see what they have to say, and then you say, then you might say this: Hey, what do you think about what do you think about you and me getting together and reading some stories about Jesus? <laughs> and we're talking there about in the Gospels. Well, yeah, okay. Why don't we get together for three or four weeks and maybe spend fifteen minutes to thirty minutes reading stories about Jesus? And then um, and then uh, there's a series of questions you can ask. But the point is, is that you get them into the Word of God. As I quoted earlier, Psalm 19: The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. 
Mm-hmm. The Word of God has the power to change people. Dan, I'm seeing that in many different places around the world where I work, but also in my own personal life, my wife's life, mm. uh, people we've trained uh, here in Birmingham. It's amazing. People are being converted by reading the Word of God with a Christian who will guide them. And anybody can do that. Yeah. And that's an encouraging thing. Oh, that's beautiful. Our guest today is Pastor Al Baker. Al, you're associated with a group. Can you tell us just a little bit about your group? Yes, I'm a, an evangelist with Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship. And um, so we have evangelists around the country um, and around the world that are open-air preachers. Uh, we have a lot of guys who are more one-on-one or door-to-door type preachers doing survey evangelism. I'm also connected with a, a new Presbyterian denomination called Vanguard Presbyterian Church, and we uh, we we believe there's a, the office of evangelist still exists today, and mm-hmm. so um, we uh, we're really doing a great. Uh, God's really blessing our efforts at planting churches around the country, and we we lead with evangelists. We we have evangelists go into areas and they preach at university campuses, and they do uh, survey evangelism, and what it does is it stirs up interest. And from there, we get a core group of people, and we plant churches. So that's those are the two things I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of work also with with REF, Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship overseas. I'm go I go to places I really can't mention on the phone, but uh, <laughs> right. But uh, it's just it's amazing what's happening. It's powerful. And uh, listen, God's at work all over the world. That's the exciting thing. We have a lot of you know rough things going on in our country. I get it, but but I want your listeners to be encouraged. There is an amazing movement of God going on uh, in many, many places around the world. Yeah, I think it's important for us to hear that. If we tend to watch the news too much, it's easy to get discouraged because there's so much bad news, because bad Mm -hmm. news sells. You know, if it bleeds, it leads, they say. But you're right. God is spreading his kingdom around the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, oh my. Um, if someone would like to, you came through this conference and you gave um, like three talks. If mm-hmm. someone would like to see those presentations, uh, I think you sent me a link. But is there a general page they could go to where these are there? Well, it's the Reformation uh, Ministry website. Yes, and that is ReformationGospelMinistries.org. They could go there, and uh, there's links on there with the messages, so they okay. could go there and find those. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a really great conference, and the, the band leading that uh, really has a heart for evangelism. So um, he's doing a good job there in uh, in Iowa. I've never been to that part of the country. Uh, it, it, the weather was pretty nice. It wasn't cold. The week before, they had six inches of snow. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, when I was up there, right. it was really pretty. Right. <laughs> We've got maybe two minutes left. One more time, um, if someone is on the verge and they're realizing, wait a minute, I've been living a lie. Um, I want to be made right with God. Uh, Any advice for that person? Yeah, I would say that, uh, Dan, I would say uh, three things. Uh, They need to repent, and I'll explain it. Repent, uh, believe, and call the name of the Lord. When we say repent, that means, wait a second, I'm headed in the wrong direction. 
Uh, I'm headed for destruction. This is not working out. I want God. I want to change my life. I want to turn around instead of running away from you. I want to run to you. That's repentance. And it's a change of mind that results in a change of behavior. So repent and then believe. That means believe the believe in Jesus. And I don't just mean knowing about him. Everybody knows about Jesus. Yeah. A lot of people agree, too, about who he is. But I mean trust, utterly and completely trust. It's like getting on an airplane. You you have to put your t- trust in that airplane. You can't have one foot in the plane and one foot out. You've right. you got you to gotta commit, right? So uh, that's belief. Uh, trust in what Jesus did on the cross. And then call on the name of the Lord. We see that term used many, many times in the Scripture. And that means in a sense of desperation, God, I'm in great need. It's like a child calling out to Mama when he got stung by a bee. You know, you, there's a there's a, a sense of urgency there. I'm mm-hmm. in pain. I need I need help. I need encouragement. And when we cry out to Him, He will hear us and He will deliver us in order that we might glorify Him. Amen. If someone wants to get a hold of you, Pastor Al, is there a way that they could do that? Yes, they could go to uh, Reformed Evangelistic Fellowship website, or I could give you my email address. Um, they can they can reach me that way. It's al.baker, that's al.baker, 1952, that's the year I was born, so be glad to be looking at for. al.baker1952 at gmail.com. I'd Very love good. to hear from your, I'd love to hear from your listeners, that'd be great. Pastor Al, I appreciate your transparency, your honesty, and may the Lord bless your future efforts in evangelism and bless the, um, your marriage, bless your wife, and uh, give you much peace. Thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Dan. God bless you. Look forward to the next time. (laughs) Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.